do this thing. Welcome to Sports, Clips, and Politics with your hosts, Ben Husson and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome to episode 31 of Sports, Clicks, and Politics. Thank you for joining us another week here uh, in the friendly confines of the uh, studio. Mr. Hughesong, thank you for joining us. Pleasure as always. So who had a better 2020, Mr. Hughesong, the Bills Mafia or the Dog Pound? It's uh, a really good question. I'm going to say the Bills Mafia. And other than just being a biased homer, what's sure. the other reason? Well, because, listen, the, the, the Browns broke their playoff drought, which is wonderful. I'm happy for them. 2002, I, I think, right? Yeah, 17 okay. years. Okay. They got in. Good for them. Uh, I think for the Bills, it was not just that they got into the playoffs. They won the AFCs for the first time in 25 years. They swept the division for what that's worth. It was an it was so far above expectations that it's hard to fathom. I think the Browns hit about what you expected them to do this year. They were going to be on the cusp of the playoffs in one direction or another. I don't think anybody saw the Bills putting up 40 points a game and just running over folks or other teams the last eight weeks of the season. I don't think anybody saw that coming. No, but I think we thought the Bills were a, a, a legitimate playoff contender. I, mean, I thought the Bills were going to be the Browns. I thought they'd be on the cusp. They'd be fighting it out with Miami or some it, AFC East this week this year, so I figured they had a chance. I did not anticipate them turning into the greatest show on turf. Josh Allen apparently learned how to put touch on a ball over the span of a year, jumps to a 70% completion uh, percentage. I, it's unbelievable. Mechanics. So, and you get to watch the Jets implode. You get to watch the Patriots fall apart. And in the last game of the year, I, listen, I actually feel for the Dolphins. Like, that was that was a shellacking of of a football game. But as a Bills fan, that was you're just you don't know what to make of this. Honestly, I I've talked to several of my friends about it. The only analogy I can give you is this is like being a battered spouse. Okay, we're like I want to believe that my loved one has changed, and I really want to believe it's for real this time. But it's not the first time we've gone down this road. Yes, it's a little different this time. But I'm just waiting for me to like make some little mistake and and get hit with the overhand right out of nowhere of them just like I, I don't even know like losing I mean, in some creative way. I'm, who, I'm just, who's the backup quarterback? I'm damaged at this point. Nat Barkley is the backup oh, quarterback. Well, we, we have your answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's funny. So 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 we had a uh, interesting last week of the playoff or last week of the NFL season uh, leading into the playoffs we had the uh, NFC East that decided itself waited till week 17 to figure out how to determine the champion Giants fans not happy oh. uh, listen I'm happy for Alex Smith I'm happy for Ron Rivera <laughs> I wanted the Giants like I, I've got good family and friends that are that are Giants fans, so it's another one of those adopted teams that I tend to cheer for, along with the Browns. And I like I wanted it. I was like, all right, everything lines up. <laughs> I didn't watch the game because I was I don't even know why. I didn't have a good reason. I just was like, you know, for some reason I'm not into it. I, I don't want to watch it, whatever else. And then I jumped on Twitter and I was like, oh, that was a good call. Uh yeah, the Eagles just decided like uh to stick a middle finger up right at New York. Um yeah, isn't that part of the unwritten rules? Do they have those in the NFL like yeah. they do in baseball? I don't know. Listen, I, I don't have any major objection to it, all right? Like, you got to Yeah, I mean, he is their franchise quarterback. quarterback. That being said, if you're going to play him, I just 
play him at all, right? It was hysterical. Yeah. And not only that, like, you want to know what was truly insulting about all of it? Is it's not like you did it at a predetermined point of like, hey, no matter what's happening, I'm going to put in Studenfeld or whatever this dude's name was in the at halftime. I just want to see what we got. Right, right. Even if you were being legitimately honest that you really wanted to see what you had behind Jalen Hurts, okay, cool. <laughs> you waited until like two minutes into the fourth or the third quarter or whatever it was. Until it mattered. A three-point game when you're like on the cusp of winning and you're like, eh, whatever. Yeah. In some ways, it was the most fitting way for the NFC East to be decided this year, though. It, it really was. And I wish the 6-10 and 10 Giants had made the playoffs. It's so funny to say playoffs. it out loud. Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Little Jim Mora. Little Jim Mora. Yeah, bring it back. Oh, Jim Mora. No, listen, it was, I feel for the Giants, I do, but ultimately, like, how bad do you want me to feel? You win six and ten. Yeah, right. No, I mean, to say they deserved a playoff spot is not the thing. So, um, but, you know, we finally have our shakedown. Uh, The two teams atop, uh, Packers and uh, Chiefs, get their bye. I'm I'm assuming it's an advantage. Um, Sure. Then we have... Basically, two uh, triple headers, Saturday and Sunday. Um, I like this format. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Obviously, it's uh, kind of like a, a ramped up version of the the, the Turkey Day slate. So, yeah. um, you know, a couple afternoon games and an evening game. Uh, the Bills right out of the shoot, right? First game. First game, baby. And the, my Steelers are the last game on Sunday. Yeah, so. we're going to bookend this thing. Yeah. So, outside of your team, what's yeah. the game you're most excited about or you're going to find the most interesting? I mean, I like the Bills-Colts game only because I think the Colts have a decent defense and they have a veteran quarterback. They have some players like that game will be interesting to me. I do think the bills are the better team. Um, sure. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that, that's probably my, I mean, you know, obviously again, Steelers and Browns is a, is a rivalry even without being a Steelers fan. So that would be interesting. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really in the thing. AFC. Like, I don't know. The NFC doesn't do it for me. Who are the bucks playing again? I forgot. The bucks are playing the football team. I think the football team could beat them. I, I mean, they're not they're not better, but their defense could make a play could. or two. Right? Yes, could. I don't think they're they will, to make a play but they could. I think ultimately, if, I, I follow the old school of, like, look at the quarterback and bet on that. If you do that, it's not 100% accuracy, but you'll be right more yeah, than you're fair. Wrong. And I think if you're comparing, nothing against Alex Smith, I, I genuinely couldn't be happier for Alex Smith after almost losing his leg to come back and start in a playoff game. That's amazing. Good for him. Yeah. They should name the Comeback Player of the Year award after Alex Smith moving forward because this man has no business stepping on a football field. At any I mean, I feel bad for Ben life. Roethlisberger. Why? Because he would have won it if not for Alex Smith. Yeah, let's all get out our violins. I'm we all feel so bad for Ben Roethlisberger. Oh. He would have won it. Yeah, yeah tough break you know, he for was, Ben. He was hurt last year. I, I'm aware. I mean, and then he, he decided to look like a homeless person in right. response. That's playoff beard. That was not a playoff beard. That was a, until I can throw a ball beard, and it was awful. It was so, a bad call. Do you, do you have any other? Th- I mean, are we just riding the favorites here, do you think? Chiefs, Bills, uh, Saints, Packers? So I, I don't think... I don't think the Rams have the firepower at this point. I think that earlier in the year they looked much stronger than they do now. Um, I don't think the football team can make much noise. A great defense. Best case scenario for them is they upset the Bucs, and then I think they lose in the next round. I don't think they can make a run. Yeah, I'm Um, I'm guessing the Buccaneers are probably not happy that they're playing the the Washington football team. I would agree. I would think you'd rather play the Bears. Like I'd rather play Mitchell Trubisky, if I'm being completely frank. Uh, But the Saints draw the Bears. I think we all expect the Saints to win that one. Uh, Steelers-Browns, I think Steelers are 
favored with good reason. I mean, listen, I the Browns are not a bad team. They're actually no. a pretty good football team. I don't think that they are like half the team that the Steelers are, but I think in Heinz Field, in the playoffs, uh, my money's on Ben Roethlisberger over Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I lean Steelers, but again, I'm, I'm biased. So of course, I listen. That's why I can't tell you objectively yeah. that the Bills should beat the Colts because I yeah. know I have no chance of being objective yeah. about that. Um, I was, it was funny because after they beat the just the crap out of the Dolphins like in an ugly fashion, we were talking and and. I brought up the idea of like, look, I think this is the way you'd want to do it. I think you'd rather play the Colts than the Titans because the Titans, if they had lost, were going to lose the AFC South and they ended up winning on a last minute field goal that bounced off the upright. I, I don't know that for sure because I do think the other half of this is, all right, you're either going to play the Titans, the Dolphins, or the Colts. One of those three teams was going to be your draw. All right, well, you already beat the Dolphins twice this year, and it's hard to beat any NFL team three times. Um, but obviously there's a talent discrepancy there that's yeah. pretty great. And the same with the uh, the Titans is, I don't know how you stop Derrick Henry. Yeah. At the same time, it's hard to beat a good team twice, and the Bills are a good team. So I, I didn't really know what to make of it. I'm taking it as I will. I won't count out Phillip Rivers. I won't count out Frank Reich. I think he's a brilliant coach. I think he does a tremendous job. Um, proving once again that the, it's the, usually not the most talented players that make the best coaches. Um, he's just got a gift for this. He knows what he's doing, and that defense is no joke. So it should be a fun game. Yeah. No, like I said, I, you're, you're probably right. Like I would rather play, the, if I was the Bills, I'd rather play the Colts than the Titans, not necessarily because I like. I think Rivers maybe it's you know slightly ahead of Tannehill, but I don't know. The, the Titans had such a good run last year that – they're built for the playoffs. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather I'd right. rather face the Colts and the uncertainty of what you know the new quarterback with the new team and kind of figure that all out. I yeah, guess, but I do think Ravens Titans will be an exciting game to watch. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, especially if you like old they hate school each other football. Too. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, there'll, there'll be a fight at the before the game even starts. I, I can't wait. And the thing is that it's like, all right, we're going back to the glory days of like run the football, punch somebody in the face, and as you're getting off the pile, stick a cleat in the knee. Like that's the game you're going to get out of this. I'm excited about how, it. How, how do you think? Just one more thing. How do you think any of the uh, lack of full stadiums is going to impact any of these games? Did you get your Bills tickets, by the way? No, I didn't. Did you even try? No. 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 Listen, I I would love to, but that was... Would... If you guys didn't know, the New York State has allowed the Buffalo Bills to have, I think, 10% capacity or whatever it is. 67-something yeah. hundred fans. 6,700 fans. Uh, they're going to be, I'm sure, spaced out exactly six feet apart throughout the stadium. Uh you know, is our COVID governor test. attending the game? Yeah. Oh, jeez. His girlfriend lives in Williamsville. He's going to be cool. there. That's the only reason why they're even playing is I'm sure she was like, hey, listen, you're not getting any unless you have a Bills home game. <laughs> you can come. You can play with your own ring. So, yeah. Anyways. So, so yeah, he's going to be there. He's going to think it's like his greatest accomplishment. He's going to add it to the version two of his book. So, um, I'm glad they're having fans because I think they should be having fans if fans want to go. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's a possible opening of the floodgates, if you will, for events and other things to happen here in the state because we've been locked down for so long that I feel like this might be a way to kind of burst it open. I don't know what it'll take for people to start to realize that these restrictions and rules are arbitrary. I, I, just, I don't know what it's going to take for people to like all of a sudden go, huh? Listen, if you, if these politicians, and I'm talking from Andrew Cuomo, Gavin Newsom, Dr. Burks, everybody, 
If these people really believed that getting together with family or or going to a game would actually place their life at risk, there is a 0% chance they would do it. Zero. Instead, they keep getting caught breaking these rules. They keep getting caught doing all of this untold stuff. And it's a people keep going along with it for some reason of, look, do you want to know where the number six feet came from for, for social distancing? Wasn't like a card game? Uh, no, I would like to know, too, because it's definitely I, not science. No, I'm pretty sure it's a card game. It's amazing. There was, <laughs> they, they stud, this was like from the 1800s. They studied some card game and figured out that the people who were within six feet got the thing, and people outside of six feet didn't. I swear to God, it was some It's amazing. Like, At I least there's some science. I couldn't, read, I couldn't even read further, but Listen, I, I did read There was a study out of Korea where a guy literally caught COVID when a kid, when, not a kid, a younger person walked into a, I don't know, a restaurant or something with COVID, symptomatic COVID, walked into the restaurant. That dude never got within 25 feet of this other man and had COVID, with, and, and the guy was only there for five minutes. Like, the idea that staying six feet apart is somehow going to stop you from getting COVID is is beyond arbitrary. Joe Biden talking about if we just wore masks for 100 days. Yeah, well, the six what? feet... the Not six 95? Feet, the six feet becomes untenable when you have a mask on your face because now you're throwing that aerosol even farther than six feet so it's all just it's it's right. so crazy that it's the dumbest just, like listen yeah. so I, yes back to the football i hope that people start to realize like hey you know it's the same thing with movie studios in california why can movie studios do whatever they want and restaurants can't be open is it because that there's really scientific basis for this or is it because the people behind the movie studios write way bigger checks to the politicians and therefore get some favor that's the reason. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's think about what's more likely here. I'm not telling you that COVID is no big deal. I am not telling you it's not anything important. It absolutely is. The idea that six feet of social distance is going to have any significant impact on your likelihood of contracting COVID-19 is not based in science. Yeah. Neither is the idea of going to a football game outside. Uh, like, 6,000. All right, you couldn't have let 15,000 in. That would have been too, like. Whoa. And God forbid, just, you know, God forbid that you just let people make their own decisions. I, like, I no, know I that's insane. Away. I know that's crazy. I'm sorry to bring it up. but How if, dare you? I, yeah, I know. You're so selfish. Dangerous. That's what it is. It's just dangerous. So, yeah, you know what? Forget him. I Like, I'm happy that the, some of the fans can go. I, I just. Like, it, Do you think just, they'll be loud enough to impact the game? No. It's 6,000 people. I've been in that stadium. It's huge. I mean, I remember being in that stadium when there was 6,000 Steeler fans left after our game, and they were pretty loud. <laughs> we, we took a, there was a pretty loud uh, uh, Here We Go Steelers chant near the end of the game. They, oh. they kind of drowned it out. It was interesting. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm, again, I'm happy that they have fans. I'm hoping that it works out. I, I hope this lights a fire under Coach Beheim and he says, let's do some indoor events next because we got a gigantic stadium that we can do this in. So, um, I'm happy people are going to get to watch. Yeah. And it's listen, I, I said this last week. If you have never lived in Buffalo, it's hard to explain what this team means to that city. It, it's really difficult how much of an impact it is on your day-to-day life of just the the conversations center around that. And, and like for a lot of people, yeah. I'm thrilled for them. I'm sorry that they can't get more people into the stadium. I wish they could. Uh, obviously, you know, maybe we don't need to go max capacity, but hey, are you, when they switch it over and you're going to have to wear a different color mask based on if you've been vaccinated or not, and maybe you won't be able to attend concerts without it, is that is that exciting to you? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to sign up. Do they give out those masks? I don't know. Oh. Are you going to – as I do feel a little bit, because you know that these uh, all these folks have to go get a 
self-paid for COVID tests. Yeah. To get in there uh, on top of their playoff ticket, which I'm not even sure how much is, and their parking and all that other stuff, not yep. counting concessions. Eleven dollars for parking. That seems so fair. Tickets are sixty to three hundred and fifty dollars, I think, or four hundred and fifty dollars, depending on where you're sitting. And the and testing company gave a discounted price for sixty-five dollars, sixty-three, but yeah, sixty-three dollars for a COVID test. And again, let's let's go back to the arbitrary nature of this. I don't know how many times we can beat this horse to death. Um, the COVID test on a PCR is dumb. You need to have more than one to get an accurate idea of what you're looking at. And you need to know what your cycle threshold is in order to get it done. This is arbitrary. I haven't seen yet if they're doing the antigen tests I hope or so. the PCR tests. Yeah, I, I, I'm just assuming I, they're going to do it the dumbest way possible. Maybe <laughs> because it's New York, but I think the NFL might be like, Hey, listen, if we're going to do this, you, you can't have a bunch of you know crazy positive tests outside the stadium right before the game, right? So sure. my guess is they would rather have the antigen test where they're actually testing for a virus. Fingers crossed. Um, so hopefully that happens out. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully all of this works out because it's needed more than more than the bills need it. Like the state needs it, the people need it. There's a bunch of people who need this thing to happen. So I agree. Hopefully it happens. Um, Fingers crossed, baby. Yeah. Fingers crossed. And, and piggybacking that kind of not, you know, moving away from sports, but staying with New York and COVID, there has been kind of a, a slow initial rollout of the vaccine here in New York, which has kind of got people upset because they're complaining that they're uh, uh, allocating these uh, shots to uh, the wrong people or not to these people fast enough and that they're worried that these uh, chilled uh, vaccines are going to sit and expire and not be used. Uh, have you got your vaccine yet? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think there's a demand for it I, which is i don't see anybody actually saying this but i think the people just don't want the test or want the vaccine and so there's no urgency to actually meet that lack of demand i think you're right uh, like listen yes some people want it and this is just further evidence that social media is not real life like everything on my Facebook and Twitter feed is people taking pictures with their sleeve rolled up and their little card and like, I did it for you. We're all in it together, Ben. Oh, thanks. You're so nice. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's really shocking news to find out that a government, particularly New York State, managed to do a simple rollout in the least efficient way possible. Well, you see that they basically centralized it right so the counties have vaccine protocols in place always every year that's what this is where we get our vaccines from is through the county health officials not for covid new york state said eh, we know you guys do this every other time but this time we think we got it and they the don't got it right high. and so i do feel like there is some uh concession out of the state and now they're kind of asking for uh the county's help but they should have just been involved with from the beginning. And obviously, I feel like it just comes to the top where the guy at the top wants to make all the decisions and look like the hero, and here we are. So This um, is what happens when you let a narcissist run your state. Yeah. And you cede Unchecked. all authority over to him for a year. And then just nobody wants to take it back. Well, that's not true. At least half the people that could take it back don't want to, though. Um, this is incredible to watch in real time and completely unsurprising. Like, look, we, we talked about this last week. The, the vaccine has not been established to prevent you from spreading this disease. All right. It, what it has been at least preliminarily established 
is that the vaccine will stop you from getting the disease. It'll stop you from like developing symptoms and have have a reduced rate. Now, listen, I say preliminarily because let's be honest, if you want to break down the data of who they actually tested this vaccine on, I'm not going to say they went out of their way to avoid using old people, but there is a lower number of older people participants in the trials than you would like to know for a virus that specifically threatens older people at a far greater rate than everybody else. And do you think that's a coincidence why we're still not vaccinating our old people today? I can't explain this to you for the like, life I think I saw, me. like, this was a couple of days ago, it was like 2% of the people over 65 have been vaccinated. And it's just, like, what are we doing? This is amazing. So, like, listen, the stupidity of this is, all right, so I could take this vaccine, and it's going to stop me from, probably stop me from dying. All right, cool. I wasn't going to die anyway from this, statistically speaking. Like, this is this is not a big thing to me. Well, you should take it so that you don't spread it to somebody else. But we haven't established that this vaccine can do that yet. That seems like kind of an important step that you're just skipping. And like, well, this is how vaccines work. Really? Is that how the flu vaccine works? I, I don't think it is. I think you could still get the flu and you could still transmit the flu, even if you have a flu vaccine. Weird, right? So same thing here of, like, the idea that you would go to – Frontline workers, frontline medical workers and all that first. Okay, but if somebody's 30, they're still 30 no matter what their profession is. And not for nothing, if you're a 30-year-old nurse or doctor, you probably have an immune system that far exceeds most people's because you've been exposed to more stuff. So the idea that you didn't just roll this out starting at nursing homes and, and nursing facilities, assisted living facilities, like, you know, where half of the deaths came from despite only being 1% of the population. It's mind-boggling. You couldn't have done this dumber. Like, I'm not convinced Andrew Cuomo's not just a murderer. Like, I don't know what the old people did to him or why he hates them so much, but it's it's incredible to watch. Like, you're either incredibly incompetent to the point of being willfully ignorant, or you genuinely just don't like old people, and I don't know what the answer is. I, I Like, I, I do, but... Uh, it's amazing. And, yeah. and the fact that people are still thinking this is the right idea. Like, listen, if you're, I get it. If you work in a hospital or whatever else, you want to stop the spread. We don't know that the vaccine does that. Nobody under the age of 40 should be getting this vaccine until every person over the age of 75 has gotten the vaccine. This is common sense. You want to, you want to lower the death rate. That's how you lower the death yeah. rate. Prioritize. I'm sorry. This is a triage situation. If you're 50 years old and older and you are a healthcare worker, by all means, go to the front of the line. But if you're under the age of 40, there's no reason for you to get this vaccine before every senior citizen has gotten it. Yeah. No, like I said, I, I don't get it. So, and like I said, I don't think this state is alone in that. It's, we're just obviously sitting in the middle of it and we've been the epicenter for so long that we think we, we would have been, had such a, uh, uh, attention to detail on this that it would have been uh, handled much smoother i guess so hopefully this gets out better and uh smooths out and it won't I, you know it won't I, this right. is the worst part this is what just came out is andrew cuomo basically just said if you go out of order as a distributor of this vaccine if you don't follow my orders of this comes first this comes first, dilly dilly one million dollar fine up to a million dollar fine, and you can lose your license. So even if you wanted to just say, hey, look, I know that this 35-year-old nurse wants the vaccine, but I'm going to give it to the 75-year-old that also happens to be my friend, you will get fined, and you could lose your license. Like, this is this is how government comes in and makes everything worse. You're seeing the same thing in California, too, of this is the dumbest way to do this. Of Look, I, I don't want anybody to get sick. I don't want anybody to die then let's be smart about what we're doing. 
Let's actually have a half a brain and say, wait, well, you know, the vaccine seems to really help prevent death. So do we give it to the people that are at no risk of dying or to the people that have like a very high chance of dying? Yeah, like I said. Equitable distribution. Like, what are we doing? This is nuts. Uh, but now, not only that, you take away the discretion of the doctors to say you better do it this way or else we're going to take away your license and fine you a million dollars. Great idea. I don't see any problems with this. At least the virus is, has to stay at like negative 25 degrees Kelvin in order to stay healthy and they'll expire on the shelves. So wasteful on top of it. Like we hit the trifecta here. Yeah. Well, welcome to New York. I love it. So um, so moving away from New York. Are Cuomo, you sure? Yeah. Okay. Um, how's your uh, Ethereum doing? Awesome. <laughs> Still don't know why, but it's awesome. I see that hit like 1100 uh, a couple of days ago, maybe yesterday. Yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, um, it's gone up quite a bit. Uh, you don't, I, I don't know why, but I'm not complaining. Demand is the reason why. Demand. There you go. So Let's and keep Bitcoin, the demand going, you know, folks. That, that Ethereum, uh, Litecoin, some of these other alternative coins basically rode the back of uh, Bitcoin to a record surge, uh, blasting past 30,000 and all the way up to 34,000, a couple hundred, maybe it's something around there. So, there was a massive pullback, massive, maybe not be the right word in, in uh, Bitcoin terms, because I think it was only about 8%, but 8% in about, I don't know, five minutes, and corrected down to like 27.6, and then as you can see over the top of my head here, we are uh, right back at about 31. So um, if you sold, if you bought back in at under 30,000 like I did, congratulations, and yeah, so onward and upward with Bitcoin, you know, everybody is... There's, it hasn't reached the hype as it did in 2017, 2018, and I'm not sure exactly why, um, considering the price is significantly higher. Um, but I still think it's going to go up. Like, uh, you know, it's we're in uncharted price territory here, and there's, you know, the only the only time it 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 drops is when somebody's looking to, to, to cash out some. And I, you know, there's so much more institutional money in than there was back in the day that I don't think these uh, pump and dumps are going to be as frequent and as deep. Um, so I don't know. I, it's crazy to keep just watching the chart go up and up and up every single day, but here we are. And uh, it just keeps going up and up and up every day. It's fun to watch. Yeah. Except. I my kid's addicted. I got him a little bit on over the holidays, and now he can't stop watching his uh, little chart, too. So that does that when it just goes straight up, right? It's way more fun to invest <laughs> in something when it just goes straight up. Yeah. It's less fun when it goes down by, like, 35% in a day. Yeah. So Or, or so I've heard. Yeah. No, you, you definitely want to be on the upside there. So um, what do you think about – wait, do we want to talk about your boy, Lynn Wood? My boy, Lynn Wood. <laughs> my my. My boy, Cla- claim- <laughs> claiming that Jeffrey Epstein's alive, trying to piggyback on my on my shtick. So yeah, I was gonna say my boy Lynn Wood, <laughs> uh, you know. even though he's he's com- now he's on to your conspiracy theory. Yeah, I still think, and Jeffrey- I'm coming down off of that. Like I'm like, yeah, hey, I don't think Epstein was as important. Probably he probably is dead. I'm like down to like thirty seventy that he's alive, and this guy's like he's alive, and I'm like, oh, I have to reassess. Do I have to reevaluate my position? I'm still at thirty seventy. He's He's alive, so I most likely he's dead. I think he's dead. Yeah, uh, I do too. I, I'll go. I'm not like certain of it. I'll I, yeah. maybe fifty one forty nine, maybe seventy thirty. I have no idea. I assume he's dead mostly because it doesn't make sense to me to keep him alive. Like there's too right. much liability. There's too much risk. There's right. Too much and so my and I agree 100 percent with that. So my assertion is not that the 
Mossad or whoever would have taken him out that like he just figured it out himself, right? So he had enough money. He knew if he was caught, he was getting done. And I'm going to sneak myself the hell out of here as quickly as I possibly can. Also could be so entirely plausible. If, if he is alive, I don't think it was the help of anybody other than himself. his his group, like his it. group of people. So, um, But I found that interesting. Obviously, the uh, Trump's lawyer throwing out there on Twitter that Epstein was alive. He's been trying to throw a bunch of shade at a bunch of different people. So... Um, I feel like I'm watching a mental breakdown. It, it like looks like it. It, looks, it does look like that. You can, see, you can find that on Twitter pretty much every single day. If That's you look actually hard enough. a good point. That's a so. very good point. Now, listen, I, I, I feel like the election fraud stuff has just brought up the worst in everybody, which is, which is really sad. It, it is. Um, I mean, this is a five-year thing in a row, right? So this is just the latest version of the election fraud thing. It's yeah. just the capitulation from five years ago. I think, what do I think? I think whatever side you are on, you tend to believe anything that comes out about it. For I sure. think there's there's the left side, the right side, and then generally speaking, the truth is somewhere in the middle. I think every time that Donald Trump goes out and tweets in all caps about this is the greatest far fraud in the history of the republic. We won big. You're doing more harm than good. I also think at the same time, every time a media, any of the mainstream legacy media outlets come out and say, Trump claims with no evidence that there was voter fraud. Like, look, you're the exact opposite side of the same coin. Of look, there there are some irregularities. There are things that don't make sense. There are things that are indicative of fraud. I'm not telling you that it was any more or less than what normally happens, but the idea that there was none, I don't think is supported by the facts. I think that if you there's there's people way smarter than me who know way more about this, who hate Donald Trump far more than I do, that are coming out and saying, like, yeah, no, it's pretty obvious. There, there's there's a lot of fraud going on here. This is ugly. I, I don't know what to do with that. So yeah. I think the problem is everybody is so certain and nobody has any room for doubt. Nobody wants to hear like, hey, maybe there was some fraud, but it wasn't as substantial as you think and it wouldn't have made a difference. Or, hey, maybe there really was. Like maybe there is not a legitimate reason why the voting machines were connected to the Wi-Fi and had a secret algorithm that was counting votes. Like, that should be a little off-putting to you. That that should be concerning. And so, again, the truth is likely somewhere in the middle, but nobody wants to hear that. And then Lynn Wood is the same same thing. Look, look this guy, you know his track record better than I do of, of the things he's done. If anybody, assuming our government is, like, full of these monstrosities of conspiracies that seem to be, he's the one who would know. <laughs> So, yeah, this is not his first rodeo. He's been in uh, some other high-profile cases. This is just his definitely most high-profile case, I think. So I agree. Um, I don't think, know what to do with it. I don't think, think do you think the uh, uh, Trump's rally on the 6th is going to, uh, I don't know, enlighten us with any new information? No. Nothing new at all? Uh, listen, I, I don't know at this point. I, I really don't. Nor do know. I. Maybe. I, maybe. I, I do think that you're seeing... I don't even know the right way to say this of it's hard for me to get excited in one direction or another. It's hard for me to come out and be like, Oh my God, just shut up and move on. And it's hard for me to come out and be like, this was a travesty and it's a d injustice to us all. I'm kind of sitting back and going, what's happening? Yeah. Like, what, what, what have it's we a got breakdown. Oh, now, what do you expect from this rally? Uh, nothing burger. Um, I don't expect, Listen, if, I, I guess I'm of the opinion if there was something that was going to decide that there was definitive fraud, it would be out already. There's no reason to hold it till the 6th. I mean, you would have you would have put that, like, as soon as you had it, you'd been like, here it is. I would think so. I mean... There's no reason to hold it. There's no reason to hold on to a piece of information that would 
actually prove your point. So if you have it, just put it out there and get your point and let, let that discussion happen. Waiting till January 6th to give out the information seems as more like just a propaganda or a tease more than anything else. It seems like not even saying that it's necessarily wrong, but it feels like more of an assertion than a proven fact. Like if you could, if you had all the, uh, and even listen, just because you can't prove something doesn't mean it didn't happen. Sure. All right. So even if maybe you don't have the evidence, and I had a friend of mine asking me earlier about this of like, why is why is nobody talking about it? Why are we not doing audits? And he's of the anti-Trump persuasion. And I said, I, look, I really don't know. There might be nothing to it. My my hiccup is I'm, I've talked to some people who know a lot more about this than I do. I have listened to people who know a lot more about these things than I do that some are pro-Trump, some are not. But the consensus has been, yeah, no, there's definitely been fraud, and it's been obvious, and, and people are just turning a blind eye because this is who they want or don't want to be in office. I don't know what to do. I also have heard from people that know more about this that there is no fraud and this is all nothing. So I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with all this information. Yeah, I don't I don't know that we can do anything with it. I mean, I, I, I assume that Biden takes office sometime in the next few days and you know, we have four years of Joe Biden presidency. Well, three and a half maybe at the max. Two. Two probably. Um, also news, uh, Trump-related kind of. Uh, oh, yay. Um, the United Kingdom decided overnight, I guess this morning, uh, our time, I don't know what, what time it was, six o'clock in the morning or whatever, I was paying attention to it. Julian Assange will not be extradited to the United States. Uh, the judge said the U.S. prison system was basically too inhumane to put Julian Assange uh, into and therefore ordered his release. The U.S. will appeal and said they were going to appeal. Um, but it's a chance that Julian Assange could be walking out with bail here in the next few days, which would be a major win for press freedoms, I think, around the world. Um even though the ruling was not pro-press freedom per se, because, again, they really just kind of released Assange on the idea that they couldn't send him to the U.S. prisons because they were so bad, not that because what he was being accused of was not a crime. Um, so there's still more work to be done in actually freeing Assange and, and making sure that this doesn't happen to somebody else in the future. But having him walk out of that building as a free man is something that I don't know that anybody ever thought was ever going to happen. And it still might not. Um, we'll see. So let's go through this a little yeah. bit. I, I think that when most people hear about Julian Assange, you're not, most people don't really understand what happened or why he was under it. Now the official story is he released confidential and top secret information about the U S government in an effort to increase transparency and almost force transparency by the government because the government was doing some shady, shady stuff and he wanted to expose it. Now, now real quick, I'll stop you there. Hit me. He may have wanted to expose it personally, but he was not actually doing that. So people were actually getting him information and he was just the publisher, right? right. So he wasn't the one taking information from any government source, uh, any classified material. He was given the information through WikiLeaks, which is the, the website that he ran vetted that information, you know, went through it. There has still not been any known casualty harm done to any person from any information that's ever been released from Julian Assange. I think that point needs to be stressed because right. I think a lot of people immediately get turned off of like, well, he put soldiers' lives at risk and he endangered our intelligence agents. And, so, and, and Assange made his first 
wake that he made in the news had nothing to do with the Clinton emails. Like this was, this was like 10 years after. So I feel like it was Iraq. Uh, it might've been Afghanistan. No, it was Iran or Iraq. The, so there was a Reuters news team, like a handful of new, reporting on the war. There was a video of U S military gunning them down. They just from the air. So they just, they killed this group of, of media personnel and then covered it up. So this was the first thing that Julian Assange kind of, you know, shed light on. He put it out there. He's the video that you, and you can, you know, you can see them just shooting up these people and then they cover it up and don't talk anything. So this was the first thing that he brought out. This was, again, this was back in the Bush years and simpler. He has done more and more and more, but again, it's not him going looking out for the information. He is publishing information that is being given to him through whistleblowers. Um, Chelsea Manning was another one of these whistleblowers. She put, uh, she gave a massive amounts of, of information. WikiLeaks and Julian Assange would go through that information, pull out any information that would be, you know, potentially harmful to any uh, uh, plans or personnel in the area, um, but did point out where the government had done wrong and the government didn't like it. And that's how this whole thing started. They basically uh, strapped him with a false rape claim and he has been basically in embassies in isolation ever since. And the hope that he will walk out is again, I, I don't know that I ever would have, but would have think I would have saw it. I, and again, we still might not like this isn't a given and you're right. They, what the judge basically did was avoided the actual issue and got out of it was, was a workaround of like, look, I, I don't want to get into whether or not the, any of this is illegal, legal, or whatever else. So here's my escape hatch. Here's my parachute. I'm yanking it. I'm out. And this is going to be left up to somebody else. Now, I, I don't disagree with the ruling. I, I don't. Um, I, I think that we all like to think that our prison systems are humane, fair, ethical, and compared to some other countries, they certainly are. I do think we can all acknowledge a certain level of uh, his situation would be treated differently, and you'd absolutely get forced isolation on him and uh, some other measures, to say the least, because once you get into counterintelligence, uh, rules and laws under the Bush slash Rumsfeld doctrine, you are uh, you're allowed to do some stuff that is yeah, not good, ethically questionable, but apparently legal. How's that? Yeah. And and I I don't know. Like I I don't I I I guess I kind of want to laugh off the idea of like oh yeah our prison system is so is torturing or whatever else. At the same time, like if you're going to consider this guy a high value target with propensity to leak confidential information, I'm well aware of what our government has authorized its agents to do in that situation. Uh, I shouldn't say I'm well aware. I have some understanding, and uh, it's hard for me to argue that any of that could be seen as humane or just. Yeah, like I said, I, you know, a whole separate conversation, indictment on the 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 federal prison system that we can't actually take a, uh, a prisoner, which is a whole, again, a whole nother conversation, but um, ho- hopefully the appeal goes nowhere. Um, hopefully Julian Assange walks out of the, uh, whatever he is, the embassy there in the UK, a free man, or at least temporarily a free man on bail. Um, and hopefully this goes away. Hopefully it's over. Hopefully Trump can still, you know, Bring that pardon power. Yeah, bring that pardon power down and, and, and pardon Assange. He can still, you know, we're still waiting on a pardon for Edward Snowden. Um, Ross Albright, the Ross same Albright. thing. Like there's, there's, there's 
things that are still there for, for Trump to execute and, and still kind of secure some of his legacy. And I hope he kind of follows through on that. Um, but like I said, I, I, of all the ones, I didn't think Assange would ever walk free again. And I'm, I'm hopeful that that, that turns out to be the case. So, um, this has happened over over the weekend or just uh, over this morning. Actually. This morning, so, yeah, it's um, brand new information. And yes. Listen, I I hope you're right because I I I'm in a very different position now than I was ten years ago or twenty years ago. Um, I enlisted in the military right out of high school. I joined the Army Reserve. I I was in Iraq. I like I was a believer in everything. And what I've learned over the last twenty years or so, God, I feel old. Um, our government does some awful stuff. It like stuff that it, it gets covered up and it's it's not and I'm not talking about just waterboarding or, or anything enhanced interrogation techniques. I, I'm talking about stuff way worse than that. Like you I think waterboarding is awful, but you could at least argue it's a gray area in the notion of uh information collection and torture. Um that's there's way worse stuff in how much they will the spying on U.S. citizens without their consent, the absolute police state that we live in that is you can be buried. Like, Ross Albright serving consecutive life sentences is nuts. And I never even heard the guy's name. I'm a reasonably well-informed human being and have been my entire adult life. I've never heard of the guy until we started talking about it on the show. Like, we don't have a free and fair press any longer. We have mouthpieces for the different parties, and when those parties agree, which just so happens to be on, give us more power and trust us, the media will absolutely run cover for them. I mean, look, Ben Rhodes was the, I don't remember what his title was, he was like a defense advisor to Barack Obama, whose brother just happened to run CBS, so nothing untold there. But he admitted it of, like, News agencies no longer have foreign correspondence. So basically, we go in and tell them what the story is, and then they turn around and run it because we're their only source. So we're feeding them the information that we want put out there. They go and put it out there, and then we come in and announce that this is what's happening. The media is supposed to be a check on the government, not the amplification of the government policies. You do need to have a check on if we have people going to prison for life sentences for I'm going to argue not anything worthy of a life sentence. We should have the media announcing that and talking about that. We shouldn't have a media willingly run with an unverified, unsubstantiated claim of sexual assault against the guy because he exposed the government's dirty laundry. He's the one who came out and said, look, I I, I will be the first one to tell you war's awful. Shit happens. Like it's, it's nobody wants this. It's, it's bad. We're in one. We're in two things go wrong. A lot. And the problem is there's supposed to be consequences. Like you're not allowed to just go mow down civilians. Like that's, that's not okay. And I get, there's a brotherhood and all that. At some point they're still right and wrong. And you need to have these balance of forces out there of like, Hey, look, the government, it's in its best interest. If that gets swept under the rug for sure. But you still need somebody on the other side to say, wait, 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 there's still something wrong with this. And there needs to be accountability. There needs to be somebody to be held responsible or, or or somehow that this gets brought out so it never happens again. Yeah, there's too much of an overlap now. The those right. all those former officials who worked on all these intelligence agencies end up as guest expert, you know, commentators on all these news channels. So they're they're they've crafted the the, the message within the military institutions and then they just bring it right to the press. That's that's crafted right there for them. It's that's there's not even a there's there's no overlooking of the military anymore. They are the the, the the mainstream press is just part of it. So um there is nobody looking out 
and making sure that our government is is you know doing the right thing. So um, I wish there was more of that. I, it's yeah, it's crazy, I, and and that's where I I'm still sort of evolving on my feelings on all of this because this is all brand new to me. I didn't I didn't grow up a libertarian. I didn't grow up any like I grew up paying attention and being informed, but it was much more of a we're the good guys. Like we are, the U.S. is the good guys in the world. We're the heroes. We're the saviors. We're the beacon of freedom, democracy, and all that. And I, you know, I I grew up as a as a true believer. And then it was as I started to get older, some of this stuff just became undeniable. Of like, oh my God, what are we doing? Yeah. Why why are we doing this? Is nuts how badly we managed to screw everything up. And then you read more history and you realize, oh man, we're like pro with this stuff. We've been doing this for centuries, centuries. Yeah. Decades, all right, let's At go least. decades. Yeah. And it's a, we find this way to do it, and it's so much worse now. It's so much worse with what we do around the world, and and I'm not sure there is an altruistic purpose behind it. I, I'm no longer certain that it is anything other than self-interest at the highest level that then people turn it, like, well, if you're against the military, then you're not a patriot of like, no, look, I can be pro-military and not want you to send them to every godforsaken country on earth over every pissing match that you want to get into because they don't want to sell you oil. Like, that's an okay position for me to have. Yeah. Um, And I don't think it's wrong that these people are exposing the secrets of our government, especially when the government is the one engaging in such bad actions. Yeah. It is wrong that the NSA is spying on American citizens. It's wrong. They shouldn't be allowed to do that. Like, oh, well, grow up. This is the real world. Like, right, it's the world that we accept. And we're just accepting that these people are allowed to do this with no justification, no warrant, no nothing. And then they'll send you to prison for two consecutive life sentences and nobody feels the need to even cover that in the media? Like, what happened? Yeah. Nope. What, what happened? <clears throat> yeah, when did was... this change? Yeah, there was a collapse at some point, and I don't know. I, I, I probably witnessed it, but didn't realize it was happening at the time. It's just one thing. The changes are never wholesale. Everybody always overestimates how much change there will be in one year and underestimates how much change there will be in 10 years. And that's, that's been true for most of human history. But it's the same thing of, like, you won't accept. You would never accept what's going on where we are right now with COVID responses if it was all dropped to you on once. There's no way if day one they said, we're going to lock down for the next nine months. We're going to keep businesses at least under restrictions. You're going to wear a mask. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. We're going to keep churches reduced. We're going to keep all this for at least nine months. Everybody would have been like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, that's nuts. You can't do that. That's insane. But instead, it's one little thing at a time. It's little bites of the apple one after another. Yeah, we, we were the proverbial boiled frog in the pot. There you go. Which yeah, I don't know if that's really how you boil a frog or why you're boiling a live frog. That seems weird. That's an analogy, Ben. I get it, but I, like beat a dead horse, I at least understand. Seriously, are we? Is that how you make? Do they, do they not kill the frog first before boiling it? Because that know. seems. Do you ever make lobster? What? Do you ever make lobster? Uh, yeah, I, I know that's how you do lobster. Just, just throwing it out there. But at least the water's already boiling in that case, and you drop them in and they die. It's I somewhat guess. humane. If, right. you get, well, that's, if I had well, to choose a way to die, listen, I want that well, way. Well, that's the whole point, is this is not humane, right? So, that's like, true. we are slowly being boiled to our death without un basically not knowing it. So, um, Yeah, and not for nothing, if we had any type of a independent and fair and aggressive media, we'd all know about Mitch McConnell's shady business dealings with China and other off, off, offshore countries and Nancy Pelosi's and Chuck Schumer's 
and a lot of other people and Joe Biden's like we would know about these things and they'd be common knowledge that we could discuss freely and openly and then make a decision on, hey, is this a big deal or not? But instead, everybody, like half of you, when I said that thing about Mitch McConnell, were like, yeah. And then I said it about Nancy Pelosi, and you were like, mm. and the other half did the same, did the opposite. Like, they're all dirty. Yeah. And they've turned us against each other to do their bidding. I, we didn't talk about this yet. Who was the, Congress, uh, the congressman or woman who voted for Nancy Pelosi to be the, the uh, Speaker of the House again in person, even though she had a positive COVID test four days ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, can't, I, I can't remember her name now either, but yeah. I'll look it up. She, she tested on the 28th and then had the vote. Yeah, she tested positive on the 28th. Here it is. Gwen Moore, Democrat from Wisconsin, tested positive for the coronavirus on December 28th, does not have a negative COVID test, showed up on the House floor. So apparently these restrictions are super important and you better isolate unless you need Nancy Pelosi and she needs your vote to become the Speaker of the House. Then it's okay for you to break quarantine and go be around inside 400 other people. Then it's okay. I, like, this is what I'm talking about. Of if you Do you really think that this person thought they were at any risk or all these other elected officials would have let that person in if they thought there was any risk to them whatsoever? No. No shot. Sorry. Like, they know it's arbitrary. They know that this is just an over-the-top insanity, what they're doing. And yet we all go along and you want to yell at people and guilt people into agreeing with you as if it somehow makes you heartless to go... Wait, six feet is an arbitrary number. That doesn't make any sense. I Same with this. Look, that person shouldn't have been around somebody else with a positive COVID test under all of our restrictions and rules and guidelines. If you've been listening to us for any amount of time, you know that the COVID tests are significantly flawed. And I think it's probably perfectly fine that this congresswoman went there. I'm assuming Gwen is a woman. I, I don't actually know. Um, it's probably okay. The difference is, why don't you know that? Why, why, why are they okay shuttering everything and restricting everything beyond belief? And then when they need one of their own, they're like, oh, well, you know, this is just too important. <laughs> yeah. Right. Makes total sense now. They couldn't even come back and vote for the whatever trillion dollar package they had back in April or whatever it was either. So but I can't anyway. express to you how much I dislike all of these people. Yeah, it's terrible. It's legitimately all a sewer. Of I've been calling it a sewer for a decade, and that's probably being nice. Um, I've run out of topics here, Mr. Hughesong. Um, I did want to – I should have used this as a transition, but I was just thinking about uh, Bitcoin and the NFL again. And I don't know if you saw Russell Akun. Russell Akun? Yeah. yeah. Took, his, uh, took the first – player i think maybe the first nfl player i don't know if there's other players in other sports have done this but um he kind of made a big deal about it because he took half of his pay in bitcoin so um there is a third party service and i'm drawing a blank on the name right now zap i think who facilitated the payment through the nfl for the players because uh, the nfl didn't know how to do it <laughs> so um and nor nor should they like i mean i don't know how they would have hey i want to get paid in bitcoin and be like uh okay well what's that you know, kind of thing, right? So the NFL, I, I, but they figured it out, and uh, good for them. Yeah, interesting that uh, we now and uh, Akung has been very uh, pro Bitcoin for a while, and basically has been trying to get other NFL players and other you know friends within the league to to kind of adopt his uh, position. So more good news for Bitcoin, I guess. Uh, maybe we can get Mister Akung to run for president in twenty twenty four. It feels like that should be. Uh, I feel like he's going to be busy. I mean, four years from now. Yeah, yeah, he's not that old. I know. He's got to be close to 35. I'm going to check that. 
I meant he's probably still going to be in the NFL in four years. Yeah, but why not? Why not? Why? He's got Bitcoin. He doesn't need to be in the NFL. What anymore. would you rather be, an NFL player or the president of the United States? Well, rather, play, yeah, but he's already done that. He can check that list, right? So, like, now he can just go do something else. All right, you got your dream job. You're going right. to give it up for that? Yeah. Well, Hell I mean, listen, I'm good. You know, he's an offensive lineman, I think, so, like, can't be, can't be playing forever. They play for a long time, sure, though. Sure, I guess, yeah. Especially but if you're smart, smart, you don't. Um, what else? Did we, uh, <laughs> did, we, did we touch on everything we need to touch on here? Did we uh, leave the folks without any information that we should be enlightening them so, with? So, yeah, let's enlighten a little bit more because it's everybody's favorite subject. Oh, yeah, we're okay on time. Masks. So we found an old article from 2003 during the original SARS COVID virus where Australia was threatening to sue and fine stores and businesses for claiming masks work to stop the virus what it's amazing <laughs> what yeah it's amazing they were gonna find people for saying that a paper or a cloth mask could prevent the spread of sars and if you read through that article they basically talk about exactly what we've been talking about here for the last few weeks is the masks become they don't work if they get wet so as you breathe on them you're not just breathing air there is moisture coming out of your mouth and after 15 to 20 minutes, guess what? They're useless. So this whole idea that you can wear a mask all day and protect people is nonsense. It's nonsense. It's simply not supported by the science. It's so backwards that... And if you could recreate optimal optimal conditions for the mask wearer and mask wearing and the mask itself throughout an entire day of going out in public, it would have a minor positive effect. Please let me stress that again. Minor positive effect it's not going to block all at best it's going to block a few some are still going to get through especially because the uh the virus is spread through aerosols i think we can comfortably say that with almost zero doubt at this point or such small droplets that a mask wouldn't stop them anyway but it'll stop the larger ones it could reduce viral load which may have an impact on transferability great so at best under optimal conditions it may temporarily help a little for 20 minutes welcome to the real world of be honest with yourself how often do you change your mask how often have you washed your mask how often do you think the person across from you in wegmans has washed their mask how many times does it hit the passenger seat of your car the inside of your pocket your hand covered in germs uh hanging on your rear view mirror I mean, how how often does all of this stuff happen and then you put it back on your face over and over again have you ever worn a mask for longer than 20 minutes and talked while you did it? I guarantee you your mask is wet. Guaranteed. It happens because we all, you know, those droplets, they do come out. And as soon as the mask gets wet, it stops blocking. It's the damnedest thing. Shocking. And so this is why in 2003 they did this and said, hey, you're trying to scare people into buying masks and we will not allow you to take advantage of frightened consumers like that so we will find you if you try to convince people that without any scientific basis wearing a mask will stop them from getting SARS because it's not true yeah we're gonna save that nugget for 17 years from now that's amazing that how it's and again imagine if we had a real media that they could go back and say wait 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 wait, wait. 17 years ago you said this what what changed it's not the science sorry guys and it all not. changed this year too it's not like it was a gradual like oh we found this and we found this and now this and whatever no all this happened in an instant in about 30 days in april i haven't been able to find a single study saying that mass effectively block any respiratory virus prior to 2020 i can't find one um 
That should be concerning for all of us. And you're like, oh, well, we didn't know about SARS-CoV-2. Like, again, we knew about SARS. We know about coronaviruses. We know about all of these things. It's not like these are all brand new things. They've existed. We've been testing. But them. we're going to treat them all like brand new things. Right. We, Even it, though we have a bunch of information that we could study and use and, and reference in the past, we're just going to make up a bunch of stuff about this new version just to kind of scare the crap out of everybody. And they are exactly scaring they the did. crap out of everybody. Oh, it worked. And, oh, my God, did it ever. Not only that, remember uh, a few months ago when they said the uh, the IHME out of England, which is somehow still considered a legitimate source of information. Your other boy, Neil Ferguson. My boy, Neil Ferguson. Man, if I could if I could meet that gentleman, we'd exchange some words. They would not be pleasant. Um, I, he's a laughing stock. The fact that anybody still listens to this guy, that's on you. Stop. So, anyways. Um, they came out and said, if only we could get the Americans to get to 80% mask wearing, we would save millions of lives. We could stop people from dying. We got our mask wearing to about 90%. Uh, what happened? And then we saw a spike afterwards. Like we got to the 90% and then we saw coronavirus spread, yeah. go out of control. I wonder if it has anything to do with everybody strapping that germ sprayer to their face. <laughs> Just throw or, or the testing. Again, we've never tested asymptomatic people like this before. There is a reason we have never done this before. It's not because they didn't think about it. It's not because they lacked the ability. It's because they knew public policy-wise it was a terrible idea. Yeah. But like for said, some we've, reason, we've, we we've, forgot all of yeah, it. Yeah, we've done this in other forms in the past. Like I said, 2009, H1N1, they stopped testing because they realized they were going into a case-demic, right? They're like, hey, we just keep doing this. We're going to have too many cases to handle, and we don't really have that many cases. So they just cold turkey stopped. Right. They this is what we should be doing in 2020. Right. And, and now it's a... And now it's dangerous and it, it, like it's a conspiracy theory. It's insanity of yeah. the idea that you can do all these things exactly the opposite of all of the available evidence... And then everybody just comes in line and supports you for it of like, yeah. Like, look, guys, 90% of us in New York are wearing masks everywhere we freaking go. And the virus is still spreading at some point. I'm not telling you that if you don't wear a mask, you won't get COVID. But you're going to get it if you wear a mask, too. It's not having an impact. I, I don't know how much more clear this could be at this point than it's not the difference maker. It is at best case scenario kind of beneficial, maybe a little. I don't even think so. And this is what Fauci said when they instituted the mask. He said, look, there's not a lot of cost to it. It might help a little, so let's all wear masks. And somehow we transition from that into if you don't wear a mask, you're the reason that we need more lockdowns. Okay, so if I use one thing that doesn't work to stop the spread of a virus, you're going to threaten me with more significant restrictive measures that also don't affect the spread of a virus? Double down. And That's everybody's on board with this. Everybody's like, Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. I've said this before. The government cannot not do something. They have to do things. Like, they feel like they are on the clock doing something all the time, and they shouldn't be. They should realize that doing nothing sometime is the right plan, and <clears throat> we should have been doing far closer to nothing than something here, and we're just, you know, we're just I, I, over the cliff is, is, you know, probably nice. Like, it's, I don't know how we unwind what we've, all the damage we've done, Um even going cold turkey, stopping all this stuff today, the damage is going to go on for decades. For sure. Like, listen, this is an inevitability now of the government does not ever give back authority or power. Once it knows it can do something, they don't ever take it back. And it's not because there's like a secret hand that's pushing all of this along. It, you know, it's not the Illuminati. Well, George Soros and yeah, like maybe it is. Henry I don't Kissinger know, in the back room. Let's assume for a minute that George Soros and the Henry Kissinger. And Henry Kissinger are not 
somewhere directing policy. It's just human nature of the people that tend to get into politics tend to be a little bit narcissistic. They tend, even if they have well intentions, which let's be honest and say not all of them do, they want credit and they, they think that they are the best thing to help. So you just get all of this continuing down this path and there's no, there's no acknowledgement they got it wrong. I think that's the most frustrating part of, sure. look, we did a lot wrong early on, especially in New York City. We got a lot wrong. And there's never been this acknowledgement of like, hey, here's exactly what we did wrong, and this is the cause, and this is what we know happened now. We can't do it. Like We're not capable. And instead, we just keep doubling down on the stupidity of all of this. With And consequences be damned, we're going to get it. I, I It's... If I wasn't living through it, I wouldn't have understood how it could be possible. Yeah. But it is, and it's because people have so much certainty that whatever they're doing is the right thing, and we have to just do something. And it's look, I, I probably used to think that way at one I'm point sure I when did, I was yeah. eighteen and sixteen and, and younger. But now, you know, I'm in my thirties, it's it's gotten a little more clear to me of wait just pause and take a step back and first make sure that what you're doing isn't harming anybody. And what we are doing is unquestionably harming people. It's not, it's not even a debatable point. The problem is we're not doing any measurable good. If we were doing measurable good, we could have a cost benefit analysis, but we're not like the virus is spreading. No arguments. Your mask is not helping. Did you see their uh, new year celebration? No. (laughs) It's like times square. Good for them. Apparently, they beat COVID. Congratulations. The only person in Times Square this year was Mayor de Blasio dancing That's, with his wife. Cindy Lauper was down there, too, I think. Oh, well, must have had a serenade. Yeah, I don't know. Time, I, listen, time I after didn't time. watch any of it. I, time after time, little serenation. Going true on. colors. Yeah. Yeah. It's, All uh, right. It's quite a day. I don't have anything else. Let's, uh, let's leave the folks with that. And uh, One piece of advice to leave yeah, the folks ahead. with at yeah. home. Act as if your mask doesn't work. Just act as if it has no impact on COVID. If something would be too risky for you to try without a mask on, don't do it just because you have a mask on. And if you are sick, put the mask on anyway. And same thing. Just act as if it doesn't work. So don't think it's a free license to go do whatever you want. Pretend it doesn't work. That will have a bigger impact on containing the spread and stopping people from getting sick than wearing four masks will. Pretend it doesn't work. Best mask advice I've heard all year. Thanks, Mr. Hughes. what I'm here for, buddy. All right. On that note, we will see everybody next Monday for the next live show. I don't have a guest specifically lined up yet, um, so it'll just be me and Ben uh, to uh, entertain you guys here. So until then, uh, thank you for tuning in, and we will see you all next week.